yeah, we're going. We're officially ready. I am officially ready. Yeah. That's what we're waiting on. I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's podcast. Let's continue on from the great conversation uh, everyone just missed and we've already had. We've been talking for hours here. Yeah. Episode. Or they could be listening. This is part three of the part of the ongoing multi-year conversation we've been having. I, I, I actually love that idea. This is episode 327 of No Laugh Track Podcast. You can go back to episode 123, then episode 174, then to this one we're recording today. And See all, how we've grown. All three feature my guest Adam Newman and uh, the growth of your career. I hope it's growth. Yeah. It could. It might, it's, 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 sometimes it feels like steps backwards, you know? Backwards. Who knows where we're at right now? I, listen, I did not go back and listen to the one from 8,000 years ago, but I did listen back to the one three years ago, Adam. How was that? Great. Was I in a good place? Uh, <laughs> Narrow that down. <laughs> it can mean so many things. I don't know. Was I? Did I cry? Here's here's a re- uh, no. There were no tears. That's good. I did make maybe the mistake of when we were recording that one of telling you how much great the one before that was, oh. and it sort of put the pressure of uh, living up the expectations of the first. So the one. first one was to... great. Yeah. And uh-huh. the last one, you don't tell me. <laughs> I imagine it was it's just as good. Just as good. I'll, you, that's what I strive for uh, every year in comedy is to just be just as good just as last as good. year. <laughs> I don't. I feel like I I started strong and there's no real reason to improve sure. as it goes on. You know, plateau. Yeah, that's what that's called. I think. It's yeah, plateau. It, you get to the top and then you stay at the top. Oh, there we go. What are you going to do? You're going to keep getting better at the top. What's the point? And that's my advice to all you young comics out there. I have no idea. Uh, anyway, this one's definitely worse than the last one. I can feel it. <laughs> And take two. Yeah. This is a welcome to episode one of the Ron Burgundy podcast. Ron Burgundy. That's Where actually I... something that's starting today that I've heard nonstop advertised. Really? Yeah, really. Why am I? You're going to tell me who Ron Burgundy is, and I'm going to go, oh, wait, isn't it Anchorman? Yeah. You want to know something? Is it Will Ferrell doing a podcast as Ron Burgundy? Yes. Burgundy? Yes. Burgundy. Sure. <laughs> you know how many times I've seen Anchorman? How many times? Zero. You've never seen it? I've never seen it. I saw it when it came out. Anchorman's a funny movie. Anchorman, what, uh, yeah, Anchorman's a totally funny movie. I, I believe that it is. I get. I think it's hit like a uh, pop culture b- b- uh, heights of like uh, that that are just beyond. Uh, like I'm surprised that however many years, 15 years later, I don't know how old that movie is, is that uh, people are st- like, we want a podcast from a, I'm not here, oh my God, I'm not here to, I, I just realized, I don't want to be here shitting on a Will Ferrell project. <laughs> I, think, I think he's great and I think the movie's great. I'm, I, I guess, <laughs> I think I'm just, I'm surprised at, I guess how huge that character is that they're they're bringing it back in podcast form that's surprising to me that's all i'm saying can we cut this <laughs> don't you don't have to cut it i'm just <laughs> i know i'm backtracking because i feel like uh i feel like i'm like i gave a negative tone towards the thing that i'm like i don't i don't want to shit on anything anybody does if, if people want that i think they should totally do it and enjoy it I, i'm uh, sure it's great and uh he, just, he deserves some luck will ferrell so i hope things work out for him he needs a win next next week they're debuting a uh, napoleon dynamite podcast really no i made that one up. that but I, but that's so believable right. after the other one i know <laughs> when, you, wait tell me when i i'm i want to know when they're going to start a powder podcast <laughs> powder yeah they do <laughs> 
a powder podcast, I'll listen to that. Strangely enough, a movie I have seen. Yeah. yeah. They'll be like, Jeremy, his name was Jeremy. Are you, are you surprised that I pulled that reference out? They'll nice be like, job. Jeremy, what exactly did happen when you turned into a ball of lightning and go through Jeff Goldblum's body? What was it like inside of Jeff Goldblum's body? Not a lot of people know the answer to that, probably. Uh-uh. But I bet there's some. You know who else? Uh, you know who played a Jeremy recently in a movie? Who? Mike E. Winfield. Black Mike E. Winfield played a Jeremy, and I teased the crap out of him when he was because there's yours because there's not a lot of black Jeremys. There not there aren't. I'm trying to think if I know any Jeremys who are of uh, of black color. <laughs> That's felt horrible to say out loud. <laughs> That's how you want to do that. Oh my god. <laughs> No, I guess I don't know any. Uh, I don't know any. No, you don't, do you? Yeah. <laughs> what about the Jeremy from the Pearl Jam song? What was? Well, I guess in the video he was just a young white boy. He was. <laughs> like he spoke in class. That I day. even felt bad saying young white boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think race just makes me uncomfortable to talk about in the current climate of America. That's right. <laughs> I'm Jewish. Does that help anything? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I don't think it helps. I don't think yeah, it's yeah. ever helped anything. <laughs> you may get a pass in, in mm. this scenario. Well, but. there's no hell. That's basically all I get out of it. So. No matter what horrible thing I say, there you go. I am a chosen person. There you go. Uh, here's one of the things you said. Um, actually, because <laughs> we were just jokingly talked about podcasts, uh, one of the things you said last time on this podcast is that you weren't listening to podcasts anymore. Has that changed? No, I don't listen. I don't. I never listened to podcasts. No, I never really did. I, ha- I think probably. I wonder if at the time, a few years ago, I had a, I had a podcast for a while, and I really enjoyed doing it. It was called. But talk, uh, you know, the world's number one, number two podcast, talking out our asses about our asses. And um, it was really fun to do. Uh-huh. Uh, that was another joke right there with the do. Um, you said do. And, yep. And I love doing it. Uh, I didn't edit it or list, ever listen to it. Uh, I don't have anything against pocket. I just, um, I like listening to music. And uh, every now and again, someone will forward me a specific episode of a podcast. But uh, no, I'm just not like subscribed to podcasts. No, I've been on long road trips. Like I'll like I'll be touring by myself in the car, and uh, I'll very very rarely put on like an episode of of what the fuck or uh, someone will send me a podcast about like someone like uh, this girl. Uh, well, my girlfriend now, but I was uh, dating her at the time. <laughs> I don't know why. My <laughs> girlfriend sent me a uh, video. Uh, podcast about like prison inmates that was really cool i think if i got into podcasts it wouldn't be it would be like that like the true crime podcasts or like uh i don't know exploring something i know like nothing about but comedy podcasts i think i just i think i never got interested in the comedy podcast because uh you know you can get burnt out on comedy if you're just doing comedy and thinking comedy all the time sure i could probably do like a sports podcast i think maybe i'd like that but i've never i've never really gotten into them what is it? Uh, sports fanaticism. Where where are you? Like one to ten? Ten being nuts, crazy. I you all and put me at an eight. Really? Yeah, I okay. love sports. I follow basketball, NBA basketball, very closely. Uh, I'm a pretty big NFL fan. Um, I like the Red Sox. I grew up in New Hampshire, so I like yeah. I like all the New England teams. Um, and then I went to college in uh, University of Georgia, so I like Georgia football. But um, I'm not like a, I'm not like I, w- I was really excited when the Patriots won the Super Bowl because I've liked the Patriots since I was a kid. But like every year the Patriots have lost the Super Bowl, uh, literally eight seconds later, I'm like, ah, well, I'm not on the team. Like I'm that sure. I'm that kind of fan. Did you uh, what did you do for the game this last Sunday? Uh, I my buddy had a Super Bowl party and it was it was very nice. And he's a very good cook and made some killer wings. And uh 
uh, yeah, it was a nice little a bunch of bunch of comedians hanging out watching the Super Bowl. And I'm in L.A. now, and there are no uh patriots fans uh i don't i know no patriots fans anymore um first of all it's not even fun to be a boston sports fan because they win so much that like listen everyone just hates us listen to what you're saying what it's it, it's not fun being a boston sports fan because you get teased for winning so much yeah we just get shit all the time for it well all, constantly let's trade nobody likes us let's trade. can i tell you that? this is i truthfully feel this about sports i think everybody who is a sports fan deserves one at least you know one championship in their lifetime you deserve it as a a, a real sports fan you deserve to have your team win the championship and whether it's and honestly any time in your life if you're a little kid say you're a vikings fan and you're a little kid and the vikings win the super bowl you've and then they never do the rest of your life whatever you experienced one when you were a kid and you're always chasing it but you've you'd see you still felt it you know or or ideally it happens or not i don't know if it's ideal but then or if it happens when you're i don't know in your 20s or 30s or 40s you're still like a young person it's really fun you're at a bar you get to go to the game and you get to experience the championship that's a really fun time in your life and you've liked them since you were a kid so it's built up and you find got it that's great too and then also or if you've never experienced one and then finally when you're an 80 year old man and you've been a fan your entire life and we finally did it and then you go to your father's grave and you know celebrate with him how people you know like how people do when the red sox finally won after like uh i think all that's great but the when uh, the patriots have been in the super bowl like every year and uh and the red sox have won multiple world series and the I mean, the Celtics, I guess, were good when I was a little, little kid, but yeah. they've won one in my adult life. And, like, the truth is, like, I can I, – I, I'm not really chasing anything anymore. I've experienced the joy I'm going to get out of my team winning a championship. And so every other year you get it, your friends are just like, fuck you, man. Like, you've already gotten it. So I just think it's just not fun anymore. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> listen to myself. I'm complaining about winning so much. Uh, the twins, All this winning. The Twins won twice when I was, you know, still in school, school age. So that was fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if it happened, if it were to happen now as an adult, if it would be as magical. Probably not. I'd, I'd be willing to bet not. It no, not as magical as, as when you were a kid, for yeah, sure. As when I was a kid, twice. So you're right. I do have that. But, However, I've never had a Vikings one, and I don't sure. like to have one to compare but you live here and people you know you're in a big sports city and so obviously it's fun to go to the games but also just your buddies having people over and you're and, and going to sports bars and hanging out with everybody and when everybody's winning and everyone's into it together it's really fun no i was i was in la i've never been a lakers i've been a celtics fan my whole life but uh, i was in la at a sports bar for kobe's last game okay. where he had 60 points on his last game and that's my favorite sports moment i've ever experienced just being in a bar in the city where something crazy and unexpected happened like people were bawling it was so fun that's really cool um i don't know there's still i don't know i still enjoy i love i love sports i'm a big sports fan but uh yeah as a boston sports fan uh, I've, I've gotten everything i really need out of it how many championships from the major sports have been won i know the answer here i want to see if you know since 2001 how many uh championships have been won in the uh, boston area oh my god all right so let's say so what uh since 2001 yes okay so Patriots have won six Correct. since 2001. That's right. Celtics, I believe, have only won one since 2001. Correct. Uh, Red Sox, I believe, have won three, possibly four. Four? Four. Okay, and I believe the Bruins have only won one. Nailed it. 
Okay. Nice job. So I'm not going to do that math, but I could. <laughs> 12. I'll tell you, I, from your facial expression, uh, I think I ended up getting the Red Sox. I would have said three for Red Sox, and they won four, but I was, I was close. Yeah, you're very close. Good job. Very Great. Good job. I'm impressed. So, all right, I'm a nine. Sports fan, I'm a nine. Okay. <laughs> Because your knowledge, yeah. You can you can say eight, but your knowledge proves you're a nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm playing it down. I'm modest about it. I'm a modest Boston sports fan. Can you believe it? I'm a ten. <laughs> did you wear a jersey while you watched the Super Bowl? Though? I did. I have a Gronk jersey. Gronk jersey. And I have two Gronk jerseys because the first one I had, I met Gronk and got it signed. What? And then bought a, like, a frame thing for it. And it's like it was framed in my apartment. And... Um, uh, this was like with an older girlfriend, and she was like, You're, I, My place is looking too much like a dorm. So I ended up, the Gronk uh, jersey's still framed, and it's in my closet now, but uh, it's ready to go one day when I get a man cave or whatever. Was there know. a good story behind how you met him? That's not a great story. My buddy, uh, he, he was uh, hosting um, like a kid's show on Nickelodeon oh, called I remember uh, that. Crash Leets. Yes. And my buddy, really funny comedian, uh, Danny Solomon, was a writer for that show. Okay. And uh, last day of taping, Gronk was like, cool. He's like, everyone, bring your stuff in. We'll take pictures. I'll sign your stuff. Like he was, he couldn't have been cooler. He signed my jersey and he signed a football for my brother. Oh, very uh, cool. For, is my brother's, uh, that was me and my brother every year we, we you know we're always we're never sure we're struggling with money sometimes or we don't we don't get each other super crazy expensive presents so we usually we usually just get something like fun under 20 bucks or whatever and i surprised my brother with a signed uh, gronk football and he nice. was just like what like you know was, he'll never uh, be able to top no nah, he can't top that <laughs> but i was happy you know it was really exciting to be able to do that honestly i spent 50 bucks for the football so i broke the rules but Sometimes you got to do it for your little baby brother. You well know? worth it. That's a, that's a great gift. I, um, here's another thing that we talked about on 174. You'll like to hear this, I think. Uh, you said that you were going to name, you had a name for your next album. Oh, yeah? And it was the correct one. Mm-hmm. You stuck with it? Fuzzies? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was based off a joke I used to tell. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, at that point, you even said on this podcast you were going to name it either Stink Ditch or Fuzzies. Yeah, yeah. So the Stink Ditch was that, yeah, it was about uh, the fuzzies that get stuck on your pee hole when you wear sweatpants. Uh-huh. And then Nicole Byer, who has since exploded since then, she's the host of uh, yeah. Nailed It and all that stuff. She's the one who actually, if you go back and listen to that joke, I was at, I was just running a joke back and forth with her. I was like, do girls know that guys get little fuzzies stuck on their dicks? And she was like, no, but sometimes I get fuzzies in my pussy and have to scoop them out of my stink ditch that's what nicole told me and um that's what that's what the joke turned into and uh so i was like stink ditch is a little intense for uh for a uh uh, special name but fuzzies is a little cuter what about using the word scoop (laughs) oh yeah that was the other part of that joke like scoop is the totally disturbing part of that really yeah scoop is insanely gross call your vagina whatever you want but if you're scooping anything out of it like that no matter what you're calling it that's the really disturbing part Mm -hmm. for sure well here if we can continue this and then we'll talk about it hopefully on part four um i know the so i'm doing another album i believe i'm recording it in april which is brand new news breaking here first have not uh uh still still figuring out the logistics but i believe i'm filming i'm taping the next album in april and then that's going to be the hour that i shop around and see who wants to do that as a special right and I, on. I think i have a name for that one already okay based on like a six or eight minute joke i do now about uh the uh act female act of squirting 
Okay. Um, and I believe the special is going to be called Squirticus. <laughs> As a, a Spartacus reference, uh-huh. I am Squirticus, which is a line from that joke, which uh, I guess I won't spoil the joke, but you can all imagine. It's a very sex positive bit. This is no, this is a, it's a, you know, okay, it's, a, okay. it's a very pro squirt you, bit. Well, you, it better be in 2019. But I've had, a, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, it's safe squirt space for everybody. Okay. Um, <laughs> but no, I've had, a, I've had quite a few uh, squirting and there's been new research on squirting that's been coming out on like what exactly it is and stuff. Okay. And uh, I've had my experiences with it and okay. like, lot of conversations with the the women involved uh-huh. and uh, it's turned into like a really fun bit and um i'm sure that's I think one gonna of those i think it's gonna you, you do it on stage and then afterwards people come up to you and give you their oh my knowledge God. yeah correct? yeah uh it's funny um over the year i feel like every hour of stand-up i've done will have like the one like centerpiece bit kind of it'll only be like a six or eight minute bit but it'll be like it'll be like the big bit for mm-hmm. me in the mm-hmm. set and right now it's the squirting bit and so everybody likes to come up after and uh women like to tell me their squirting experiences and the guys like to tell me that honestly i'd much rather hear from the women the guys are just really gross and weird and the women are more like you know want to talk about it in a much more fun way i guess but um uh the one before this it was that that stink ditch bit and um i had a joke about uh the movie wolf cop where yes. the fucking is like a as a werewolf well, we movie. We talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, so basically, it's a werewolf that turns in. I mean, he turns into the werewolf. They show his dick change, like dick first, and so a million people want to talk to me after the show for that one. And then the special before that was, uh, I think, I had a story about how a girl. Uh, uh, I was like, I, like we got too drunk, and it was a hookup situation, and she threw up on my on me on yeah, on it. Right. And that was the one where everyone <laughs> had an experience they wanted to talk about after. It's so weird. You share personal stuff uh-huh. on stage. Um, and you want it to re- you want it to be relatable, yeah. But then people come and just really bring up un- unwelcoming stories. <laughs> I love that. Um, it's one thing to write a bit and punch it up and make it jokey and and fun and tell it on stage to an audience. And then it's another thing when you're just a random guy who's like, "Hey, do you want to hear about the time uh, I threw up on a dick?" Oh. And you're like, "I not really." <laughs> I I have a, some of it on Snapchat. Here, I'll send it to you. <laughs> ah! Oh my God, uh, this is so not. I always I don't think I'm, I'm I don't know. I guess I never think of any of the material as like dirty, but I realize talking about that it's just, it's graphic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No. The only time you need to really, I assume the only time you need to worry about that is when you're doing uh, gonna do some TV work. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you that's that's interesting because um, I just did my, I, it, I just did a late night set like a week ago, yeah, I watched it. and it was literally six years in between my first late or five five or six years in between my first and my second late night sets, and that's not because I I, I wasn't like I, I don't I don't the material it's really hard for me to write clean it's uh, yeah i don't write a lot of clean material yeah. or like tv clean material and that's the thing that squirting bit is probably 8 minutes long now and i don't think i swear once in the whole thing like it's technically all the words i'm allowed to say uh-huh. but you know the way they're strung together is just too sexually graphic for network tv or whatever right, right. but um Although I'll tell you, I saw Sam Morell's Conan set the other night, which was great, and he's so great at late night sets because he's just like joke, 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 you know. And they're all killer jokes, but um, it was like a, 
masturbating joke, you know, and like saying the word masturbate multiple times. And I watched that. And I'm like, maybe I, can, I don't. Uh, I mean, maybe may, maybe I'm too hesitant to send some of the material I have. Uh, you know, just well, you, just in terms so of graphic you wise, yourself by sending it. To- yeah, whenever oh. I get asked for like a clean tape or whenever I'm ready to submit, I'm like looking through my material, and I'm. I mean, obviously, when you send it to them, they send back what you're allowed to do and what you should cut and stuff. But uh, but. I usually kind of, you know, I usually edit myself. I'm like, well, there, that's too dirty. That's too dirty. That's too dirty. Maybe I should, honestly, maybe I should just be sending stuff and letting them tell me what I. That's actually, I realize that's exactly what I should be doing. I mean, I know nothing about this stuff, but it sounds like that's what you should be. In doing. In my yeah. head, is that if I send them a tape and it's too dirty, they're immediately going to be like, nope. But I guess at this point, uh, I, at this point, they'll probably work with me. Delete him off the internet. Yeah. Remove his existence. We, that last set, though, for being on CBS. Uh, they let me do, you know, they let me do a condom joke oh, yeah. that was like a little dirty. And um, they let me, I have a joke that's like basically about freaking out and going to the emergency room thinking I have STDs and being like, I literally point to my dick and go, what's wrong with it? And I'm like, I'm not saying any dirty words or anything, but that's, I guess that's like a, that's dirty-ish. Yeah. I, I mean, I, maybe get away that's with a difference some stuff. between late, late. With James Corden, and yeah. Like if you were doing that on like uh, America's Got Talent, or yeah. Something like that. And to be fair, actually, uh, uh, Sam's set was on Conan, so which is cable anyway. Yeah. And I'll tell you, even the, I was on CBS, but Neil Patrick Harris was on my episode, and I think he screamed "fuck" like three times, and they just bleep it. Oh. So maybe I don't know. Who knows? Who else was on with you that day? It was Neil Patrick Harris and Chelsea Peretti. Oh, nothing. And like. honestly, I was really nervous because I love Chelsea Peretti. She didn't do stand up though. No, no, she was just on promoting uh Brooklyn was Brooklyn Nine Nine yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and she was so funny on it and uh, uh, I was nervous nobody uh, they the, you know how they do that show like they'll sit on sit panel together, on the couch yeah. kind of together and I was just like I don't want Chelsea Peretti to stand like sitting behind me while I'm doing the stand up because I it just make me really nervous oh, and I was yeah, yeah. I was really glad that they uh, they exited before I did the stand up part um, yeah. interesting I I didn't watch the whole show I did watch your set sure and uh, well let's be honest a lot of people do that (laughs) oh yeah i mean everyone um oh it's funny because uh i very rarely stay up i mean usually you know usually be running around doing stand-up or or whatever and um you know i don't usually just watch the late night shows in real time but now we only had one show last night and so i was back in my hotel and i uh, literally had no idea and i was just flipping around and i I was watching james corden because i like flipped through and they were like right about to do the guests and they're like tonight we have comedian joe list and i was like all right i I just watched corden all the way through last night and it was fun it was really fun it was the first time i ever just watched it live all the way through it was really funny uh joe list again just a just like uh uh just expertly does yeah. late night sets um i'm so like i saw him sam mark norman there's all these comedians that get late night set they do like multiple late night sets a year gary gullman and um they're just like i don't know oh, yeah gullman and i know, was on conan last week yeah and all these guys well Gary, gary's gullman's relatively clean but like sam and mark Joe's, Joe can be Joe can be dirty, but he's mostly clean. But like, Mar- uh, you know, these guys will get these guys will get dirty, but they can they're they're uh, clean joke machines for these late night shows, and I, they're amazing at it. And I wish I uh, I wish I was uh, maybe I don't know maybe I haven't put the work in to be. Uh, what was the one you did five six seven? Was it Letterman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, I, it, was, it was a very clean set, but 
um, I'm surprised. I did a little bit like religious stuff, and I was actually a little surprised at the stuff they let me do on that show. Um, I'm I'm very I feel very lucky to have done that show. Uh, it's my favorite credit. Yeah, uh, it's funny. People are like, how do you want me to bring you up? And I'm like, oh, it's a dated credit, but Letterman's still the the one that I I think I think that that's the one that was most unexpected for me because like uh, I I just never I never thought I'd even have a even with the, when I got first asked to audition for that one I was like great I'm gonna get to tell my grandkids I auditioned yeah, for right. that one I never thought I'd have a chance at that one but anyway. <laughs> How uh, how much t- how much interaction did you have with Letterman when that happened? What you see on camera is the entire interaction I had with him. That's what I thought. Um, which is fine, and he had been doing it for thirty years or whatever at that point, yeah. and like, uh, but it's amazing that I had that much and he was very nice to me on camera. And then when on my, on the car, in the car on the way back, the booker sent me an email that was just like positive feedback from him. And I'm like, whatever he's, it's amazing. You know, that's all great. But, uh, the James Corden show, um, he came back in my dressing room before the show and introduced himself and they do a little bit at the beginning of the show where they're like you know they throw to you in your dressing room and uh, I told him I had this dumb idea with this big like whoopee cushion costume and he was like awesome great into it and we like you know talked about that for a second and uh, so that was already in your closet at home and you brought uh-huh. that with yeah I bought that when I was on tour with Bo Burnham I bought that uh, on for a Halloween show I wanted to go I wanted to wear a costume on stage for a Halloween show. Sure. And so I wore it. I think I wore it in Salt Lake City and tried I was wearing a whoopee cushion costume and tried to do all fart jokes. And <laughs> it's the only only place on that tour I bombed. That in three years of like touring with him, it's the only time I bombed because I tried to do all fart jokes and whoopee cushion costume. Yeah. And uh Bo was behind the curtain. Bo and the crew were behind the curtain, uh uh like backstage, and uh-huh. I could hear them laughing the whole time I was bombing up there, and that made me laugh a lot. But I had a whoopee cushion costume ever since then, and um I Just had watched... looking for an excuse to use it again. Yeah. <laughs> and I had watched um I had watched uh, some of the, the James Corden late night spots, and I had some of my friends who had done it had like posted on their like Instagram stories the little bits they did ahead of time, okay. and some of them had done really funny stuff. Nate Fernald, who's a, a good buddy of mine, he's a writer on the show, and uh, he he did stand up on it, and he like when they threw to him, he was he had a wig with a ponytail that was like so long, like six people were like combing it and stuff, and I was like, oh my, I need to think of a funny bit, and so I thought it'd be funny if I had the whoopee cushion costume, and uh, uh, and what's funny is I told um, the Booker was like so you know just keep something in mind for that bit in the beginning he's the booker was like i recommend he's like i usually recommend you just are friendly and say hi and like don't try to force any big bit or anything and okay. and he goes well i already have this idea for what because you he goes all right man he's like i i my votes no he's like he's like i don't he's not like his vote like he has any he's like he's like i would recommend not but he's like but if you want to do it i'm not going to stop you and then i brought it in and i'm, I'm friends with a f- couple writers and uh, uh some of the people on the digital team and stuff. Oh, that and, helps. And so I had like six friends there. Yeah, that helps. And a lot. Um, we put it to a vote, and everybody was on board. And then we did it, and it went well, and it was funny. And then the Booker came over. He's like, "All right, man, I'll admit when I was wrong." <laughs> awesome. and I was really happy. I was really happy. The Booker of that show is so great. Uh, uh, yeah, it was. Um, it was really fun. Ryan Williams. It was really fun to uh, uh, put together a set with him. And uh, yeah, 
I appreciate I appreciate him looking out for me and being like, "Hey, man, this might not be a good idea," <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm glad he let me do it. I have to compliment you on the shoes I saw you were wearing on that. Oh, I got some Nike IDs. Yeah, yeah, I have my name on them. Very cool. Yeah, I was. I went through a huge sneaker phase like okay. a couple years ago. I was trying to I was trying to sell a show about like sneaker culture in Southern California. You know, oh really? Like old like '90s nostalgia, like people buying all the Jordans and the reselling business and all that stuff i was trying to sell a show like that and so like when i was writing it i was i really like immersed myself in it like i've been like a sneaker kid like my literally my bar mitzvah when i was 13 years old was uh the centerpieces of the tables were like reebok pumps and stuff like i was super i've been i just i've been into like basketball sneakers since i was like a kid i love them but then um but i never was like super into like the reselling business and all that stuff and so when i was writing the script about it i was like i really like immersed myself into it and and had like really amassed this like crazy sneaker collection and whatever and was reselling stuff and buying crazy stuff and um i got into the nike ids a little bit and so i got some sneakers like the air max ones but and on the back where it says air you can customize letters how you want so i did new on one and man on the other one i had these newman sneakers and um waiting for a special occasion to bust them out yeah and that was the next tv spot i got so i thought it'd be fun to do it very cool matched a sweater i had that helps. <laughs> a lot of compliments on that sweater. <laughs> and to the fact that it matched? Yeah. <laughs> Where? How, what's the collection like now? Oh, I got way more under control now. In the last uh, in the last year, I was like, okay, I I'm I don't need. I kept I kept a few that I really like. I kept like I got like the Jordan Three Black Cements. I got the old like uh, Reebok uh, Sean Kemp Rain Man, like the Kamikaze ones. I got the old Sean Kemp shoes. I got the old like early '90s uh, D Brown Omni Light the pumps. Yeah. Um, I got a few. I got I got maybe seven or eight pairs like I really really love. So these aren't like you have a storage lock. Or no, 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 them, no, no. I, I got humidity control. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and all the ones I sold, uh, I basically. Uh, sold and bought. I'm I'm a big guitar dork too. So like every, t- I basically sold them and got traded them for not traded them, but I, I took the money and bought a, some guitar stuff. I oh, like. Okay. So I feel like at this age, uh, guitar stuff is more fun and practical for me to have. I'm not like obviously playing out in big bands or anything, but I get a lot more enjoyment out of playing music with buddies than uh, if I was just wearing crazy sneakers everywhere. Are, are you familiar with the uh, Netflix thing that Marie Kondo, the woman who's... I did. I watched it. I watched the whole thing, actually. Really? Yeah. Did it... I, what well, was your interest in it? My interest in it... My interest in it is I've lived in small apartments in New York and L.A. for the last 13 years or whatever, and so I was like, any space-saving tips or organization or, or whatever for small spaces is super interesting to me. But I watched all, like, 10 episodes of it, and literally all I got out of it was, like, uh, roll your T-shirts and put them in, like, shoe boxes. I didn't get, like, anything really out of it. And I'll tell you, I did check out on that show on the first episode where she's like, I have to greet your house. Did you see that? Have you seen that? Yeah. She just like, goes and kneels somewhere and is like, I need to say hello to your home. And then the families just have to be like, all right, let us know when you're done. <laughs> we'll start organizing this place. <laughs> How about uh, the fact that you, you're supposed to, uh, you know, pert, like you're getting rid of that jacket. You need to like say goodbye to it. You say goodbye and uh, or if it brings you joy or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm okay with the like you pick it up and you go, does this bring me joy? That that kind of makes sense to me. I'm like, yeah, does this bring me any happiness? Yeah. Not really? Well, then I don't need it. I like the sentiment for that. I would love to see, I would love to see like, 
uh, her visit a hoarder's home. Is this, I, I, you know what's funny about this? I've never heard anyone do a stand-up bit about it, but I see in my Facebook feed and my Twitter feed all the time, people just uh, literally, you know, the comedy police being like, enough with the Marie Kondo jokes and all that stuff. So I feel oh. like there's a million, Is it, like, I don't know if, I don't, I've never heard a bit about it. I don't want to step on anybody's thing. I don't do any bits about it on stage, oh, but I, 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 I just want to say that as I, but I, I did watch that show and I was like, I did think, I did, I would think it'd be interesting if, uh, She's definitely going into people's homes that are already like, I want to get rid of stuff. Actually, right. I was almost disappointed that some of the homes she went into, they'd be like, can we just skip to throwing stuff away? I'm like, wow, I, you want to see more of a struggle. I want to <laughs> yeah. see her in a hoarder's Absolutely. home with them fighting her and being like, I'm not throwing anything away. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, what am I even doing here? And there's a struggle and it's fun. But um, that show was just, it was it, to me, it was just too easy. She'd go into the house and she'd be like, does it bring you joy? And they'd be like, none of that. And then they'd throw it away and it was over. I, because of that show, have been guilted in... Uh Guilted? Shamed? I'm getting rid of... I'm purging baseball cards right now. Wow. So did you see the episode with the dad that had all the baseball cards? Okay, I guess I haven't seen every one then because I've not seen that one. And I want to watch that one. There's one where he... It's an older couple. I think the the kids... There's at least one kid that's out of the house. And then the dad's got a huge baseball card collection that he collected with the son. Yeah. They're all from the late 80s, early 90s, and they're worthless. Everybody knows those cards are worthless. Yeah, that's what I... And he's still holding on to them. Sure. Well, she gets him to go through a whole bunch of them and get rid of them. And I wow. walked in on my wife and kids watching that episode about a month ago or whenever it came out, and I went, oh, oh no. Fuck. It's so crazy because that's... since that's... then, I've done it. All right, let's talk about that, please, because... Well, here's my thing. I, I was a... Uh, I have a few baseball cards, but uh, basketball cards is what I was super into, and it's the same thing, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Um, I have... And I don't have enough that I'm like... It, it matters. I have two big books and they fit in my bookshelf so it's no big deal and um i have maybe seven or eight that i put in like you know the the little cases because they're you know someone's rookie card or like a card that meant something to me when i was a kid Mm -hmm. i don't have any that i really need to purge but like I have definitely gone on eBay and been like, wow, this was like one of my best ones. And I'll be like, it's worth $30 now. Like this, I thought this would be worth like, you know, $800 and it's worth like, they're all worth nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, Remember that I, I was a, I'm an a, of an age where uh, there was a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card yeah. that people chased. Yeah, ne- next to work. I mean, it's worth a little bit, but sure, nothing like is we it, all thought. It's it was eBay going to. is what killed it, right? Absolutely. Or basically, the internet killed it because it used to be that you'd have to really hunt it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of industries have changed, into, like you know, the vinyl records are the same. Well, whatever collectibles in general. Sure, but okay. So how did you? Because there's still too much nostalgia. Like, when I pick up the basketball cards and I go, does this bring me joy? Yeah, it does. It reminds me of... It's like having a photo album of... You know, it's not the exact same as having, but like it's like having. It's, it reminds me of uh, going to my friends' houses and trading cards, and it reminds me of like sitting on the carpet uh, uh-huh. watching games with my dad when yeah. I was a kid. Like it brings me yeah crazy good memories, and um, to have a couple books worth is great. But if I had if I had twenty books worth, I would I would just consolidate. Here's the thing: I have now because of this, I've had I have these big boxes of cards, and yeah. because of going back and actually look, put get, taking them all out and looking through them, not all. Of them, I I found out how many I actually had. Yeah, we're talking like fifty thousand. Yeah, that's cards. a lot. 
because I inherited some from an uncle uh, sure. like 15 years ago. So literally like over 50,000 cards. Did you get rid of everything or did you go no. through them and keep? You no. have to keep something. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I am, in, in fact. I had boxes of commons. Remember the commons are all worth. That's remember remember when they used are. to be worth? Yeah. Commons were all worth five cents. Sure. No, they're not. No, now. Put a box of a thousand. hundred of them are worth five cents. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that's what this is. Is a majority are commons. They're they're worthless. They really are a hundred for a nickel, probably. And uh, I've separate. I've gone through and looked at all of them and and set them aside. I have now. F- uh, set aside five full boxes. I figured out these boxes hold thirty-two hundred cards. Okay, so fifteen thousand. Yeah, I'm getting rid of over fifteen thousand. I'm yeah. getting rid of. Full disclosure: I haven't gotten rid of them yet. Now oh, they've bro. just moved from a different part of the house. Yeah, I'm going to like this weekend. But what you can do with them? You're not going to sell them to anybody. You're gonna. You, I'm going to throw them in the garbage. I, no, I'm going to try and put them on Craigslist just for something for a low bid, just to see if somebody yeah. will maybe pay me just for the boxes, if sure. anything, just yeah. to get something. So I mean, there's that. some. Th- there's got to be a use for them, whether it's a prop for something. You want to know what the best use I've seen of old basketball cards is? Um, you know, the comedian Joe Mandy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. From I love- here. Yeah. He's from here. Mm-hmm. From oh, Minnesota. Crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, I know he went to school in Boston, and I, I met him when we were, come, when, you know, in New York. And I see him in L.A. maybe once a year now. He, he's a very successful writer, and uh, he'll still do stand up occasionally. He's hilarious. I think he's great. Uh, he released a album or a mixtape or whatever. It was something. It was, it was like an album a couple years ago. And I saw him. If you ordered it, he would send you a signed basketball card, like a signed Joe Man. Like it would be like a 1991 NBA hoops Muggsy Bogues card he signed card. by Joe Mandy. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's like a really good, it's a, I would love to steal that. I, cause I have so many laying around and yeah, I'm yeah. like, Oh, that's such a perfect, but if I did it, it was just complete rip off of him. But, uh, what a great use of old basketball cards. No, I because th- th- then somebody is going to hold on to that card. Absolutely. If you had a card signed by a comedian you liked, you'd oh, be like, yeah. that's awesome. That's hell a cool yeah. little thing to have. I, uh, uh, I, 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 com- I completely agree with that. Actually, I brought something along that I'm going to ask you to sign. Really? Yeah. Oh, that'll make it worth even less. Oh, look you got a I vinyl. Bought, Adam Newman. You got it. Did you buy that from me here? No. Or did you get it from Dan Schlissel? I bought it off Amazon. Really? Yes. You know, that's a, so I know my vinyls are on Amazon, um, but you realize that. I think Rooftop put out the digital album or the CD or whatever, but the vi- special edition vinyl release was Minneapolis's own. Yeah, I know. Stand up record, Stan Schlissel. I know. Um, who I actually, I have to get, I gotta get in touch with him and tell him I'm in town. I like him a lot. Um, but yeah, he did a little limited edition run of the vinyl. Let's see what color you have. They came in three different colors. You probably have the pink one. I bet. I didn't know what I was getting. It wasn't advertised on Amazon. Yeah, you got the those are the Amazon ones are all pink are all like this hot pink red. There, there were um, there were there's only five hundred we made, I believe oh. one hundred of them were on uh, three colored vinyl, yeah. which I specifically had for the Bo Burnham tour. Okay, and I think I have like five of those at my apartment still that I'm just like waiting for fun shows to bring them to or yeah. you know, and then one hundred of them were done on some like speckled vinyl, which I believe are. Dan's, the one that he sells specifically through the record label. I think so. And then 300 that went on Amazon were all on this like hot pink vinyl. So you have, there are only 300 of those. Oh, and uh, That makes it even cooler. That's one of the coolest things for me personally was getting to put out 
uh, a comedy album on vinyl because vinyl is how I got into comedy. I had my mom's record collection of like, you know, George Carlin records and I like literally first grade. I had all that stuff. That's what got me into comedy. Oh, really? And so to do one on vinyl was cool for me. And then, um, you know, I made a super medley album cover with uh, Dan Meth, who's one of my favorite uh, artists, animators, illustrators. And this is the album that was recorded here. That was recorded here. Yeah. This club. Yep. Very cool. Uh, let's remember I mentioned to you um, briefly before we started that we're going to give out a promo code for people to get five dollar tickets to see you tomorrow. Oh, it's totally worth it. <laughs> I'm worth five dollars. Uh, yeah. I don't know how much drinks are here, but they give them to you in a giant carafe. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I think you could have a good night here for They're a little very more little than $5, money. Dollars, but yeah, but it. it'll make me funnier. <laughs> I think it's. I think it. I think you can have a pretty pretty fun cheap night out here. So and hear my squirting bit. <laughs> What so Adam? We need so we need to give a uh, a code when people call. Oh, you you have, you have something you can give people at the uh, a code word? Or yeah, something? how about squirt? <laughs> squirt like the soda? You mean right? Yep. You know like that citrus soda? Yeah, squirts? that's what it turns out. It was made out of. <laughs> it's carbonated female ejaculate. Oh my god. <laughs> You know, I sound like I don't go into any, and I'm I I'm a I feel like a wholesome young man inside. <laughs> do you uh so uh, uh do you know the comic that was here last week joe larson i do yeah yeah we he was weirdly we were uh, messaging today he saw that i was here and uh just shot me a little message and stuff uh yeah i i, I haven't seen him in a, i haven't seen him in person in years because i've been in la and he's still in new york yeah. but i used to see him around in new york all the time I, uh, joe larson's a great guy he's a great guy uh so we did we did a promo code for uh one of his shows last week and i had him come up with a uh code word or whatever and um he based it off of the story he told me about the tattoo he has below the belt. Have you heard that story? Oh, what is it? I wonder if did he used to do a bit. I don't. He tried. He told me he tried doing a bit on it and never. And all it led to was people asking him to show his tattoo after the show. Oh my god! I'm sure. I literally I do a bit about how I wish I had abs, and everyone's like, "Take your shirt off!" And you're like, "This is this so inappropriate." Yeah. So his his uh. The one we used last week was his tattoo, which says, may contain nuts. Ah. Uh, yeah. Is it on his ball sack? It is on his ball sack. May contain nuts on his ball That dude is a father. Yeah. Uh-huh. My God. He told, I'd never heard the story. I encourage people, if they haven't heard it, go back and listen to that story. It it's is actually a weird a tattoo, if you think about it, though. May contain nuts? should just say contains nuts and then he could he didn't have to have so many words tattooed on his balls and like <laughs> we already know it contains nuts yeah uh-huh what so an yours. idiot so yours is not making what an idiot nuts. joe what larson an... is <laughs> no i love joe larson that's, that's a funny tattoo that's fantastic. a comedian everything has to be a bit even mm-hmm. your ball sack right yeah as if your balls aren't funny enough by themselves <laughs> you have to add a tattoo to them um that's hilarious yeah. so yeah. Well, mine will be Squirt. Yep. 10.30 show. S-Q-U-I-R-T. Yes. I want to make sure people get it okay. correct, you know. 10.30 show tomorrow night. That was will be Friday the 8th, we found out, right? 7th, 8th. Yeah. 8th. February 8th, Friday, February 8th, 10.30. You call the club here. You say Squirt. <laughs> call the club. Say Squirt. They will give you $5 tickets. That's amazing. <laughs> Isn't it I, I'm trying to remember. I know I've had... Uh, <laughs> I know I've had codes at other places before where they'll just ask and I'll just be like, I don't know, penis. And then they just do it. And then all these people have to type in penis. You know, it's fun to uh, it's fun to make people be a little dirty. Yeah, why not? Why not? And also, like anyone who comes to the show that said squirt 
as the code and then gets in, they're not going to be the ones who are complaining later that the show was too dirty or something. Oh, definitely not. I always talk to the uh, whenever you do, like run around do the morning radio, you always talk to like the managers and stuff, and it's, they're yeah, always like, "All the crowds been." Yeah. yeah, well, every every manager, ha- you know, every club has stories of um, people emailing and calling about what they were offended by, and it's always oh, something yeah, real yeah. dumb. I want to ask you about something I saw on one of your social medias. The um... I probably already deleted it. No, because I saw it in the last 48 hours. Oh, I might have deleted it. <laughs> Did I you delete it in the last 10 minutes? If things, don't, if, things don't get, if things don't do well real quick, I'm like, oh, i got to get rid of that. Oh, no, this is no. a good one. It's the guy who it's the, you were doing stand-up and somebody was signing along with, with your jokes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, well, uh, I don't remember. I know I, put a, I know I put something up with that. Um, I, I don't remember exactly which bit, but I was doing a college and we had a sign language interpreter on stage. And um, it's fun, actually. I just, sure, yes, yes. He, oh, right. Well, that's the thing. So I've had sign language interpreters on stage a ton of times throughout the years, you know. Okay. And the thing is, if you do dirty or graphic jokes, that's the fun is you get to see – you get to see the words signed in real time. You're like, that's how you say that. And um, literally, I, so I already do a bit. Uh, I do a bit on stage about the squirting joke because I've had a sign language interpreter on stage while I've done the squirting joke. And so I do a bit about how he was. they were showing me how you do squirter and oh, stuff. Okay. And, that, and that's funny to me. But um, th- uh, that bit was um, while I was doing this joke about pubes. I, people are getting a real good gauge of uh, the kind of comedy I'll be doing uh, this weekend at Acme Comedy Club. Um, uh when I said pubes, I saw him out of the corner of my eye making the motion, and I was it just caught me as so funny yeah. how he was doing it. Um, I, I, there was a thing where he was basically just, I think he just like, he basically just used both hands and like pushed down like towards his yeah. crotch. And I was, it just looked like it was like a full on, like, like a, like a hedges or something. Like uh-huh. it looked, it looked like so much. And yeah. I was like, what are you working with right there? <laughs> like, um, like a giant fro of hair is yeah. popping out on this guy. Which I think, kinda honestly, I, I think if it was a different sign language interpreter, it might've been a totally different thing. I think it said more <laughs> about, I think it said more about him than it did about I think sign language people. I think they can make things personal. You think there's, you know, <laughs> well. So what I do in the squirting bit, and it's a visual joke, so I'll just say you kind of you'll have to see it. But uh-huh. um, I, so I've done the bit twice on squirting, and one time I had uh, a female sign language interpreter, and the second time I had a male sign language interpreter, and. They both did it drastically different. And no the woman, the way she did it, made it like a beautiful, like flowing motion. And the way the guy did it, it literally looked like Spider-Man, like flinging a web at you. And you're like, you got to be kidding. Like, of course the guy made it like that. And so I do think like, to me, that guy had a big old bush of pubes in his pants. And then like if somebody else did it who likes to keep trim, it would have been a totally different. Or it would have been like a little, 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 little yeah, little, little curly motion with your finger or something. But like, just the fact that, uh, yeah, just wrapping one f- hair around a finger, <laughs> yeah, pulling one out of your teeth or something like that. But it's so, oh, that's fucking. But I, I mean, I've just, I've had a bunch of sign language interpreters on stage, and I'm doing a lot of the same jokes night to night, so I'm seeing the same words being uh, signed completely differently. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just really, it's really interesting. 
You should bring one on the road with you when you do clubs. Oh, my God. It is funny because whenever you do it, you know, you acknowledge it and it gets a bunch of extra laughs oh, in the room because you go, course. you literally go like, wait, how did he do pube? And then he has to do it and he's embarrassed, but it's like he's having fun with it. Uh-huh. And it adds a whole extra element oh, yeah. to it. So, um, I, I, honestly, if someone started touring with a sign language, I mean, I, I don't, it, I think it would be a great idea. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot of bonus extra laughs for sure. Sure, sure, no doubt. I um, are you selling anything? Did you bring anything to sell to shows here? I only brought um, I just brought download codes for that album. Actually, oh, okay. I, I, I usually do. I usually do a t-shirt. I brought. I brought. I bought a economy seat where I could only bring one bag, and um, okay. I was like, I don't want to travel with a bunch of stuff for this trip. So I brought uh, download codes of my album, which I just do. I always just do pay what you want, you yep. know, because the, the actual piece of paper doesn't cost me anything. And if people, you know, some people, you know, if they want to pay full price for the album, that's really nice and great. If people are like, I only want to spend five bucks, then I'm like, you know, some about comedy albums, you're like, just, you just want people to have it and yeah. share it with their friends. And it's, it's not the thing that I'm making a real living on the, the actual album. Right, so. Right. Um, I just do pay what you want for the download codes. I brought that. I have some T-shirts that I, I didn't bring with me. I was hoping to get. I was, I was gonna. Off, I was gonna buy one of those from you. Uh, those I'm T-shirts. Bummed, man. Yeah, they're uh, world record mic drop T-shirts. Yeah. I did that on the last special. Um, and then I have the, those vinyls. I don't have too many anymore. They're tough to just tough to travel with no, vinyl. So, but I, I guess if I hit Dan up, maybe he'd bring a couple by or something. Well, he loves doing that. Oh, yeah. I know, but you do that absolutely. I gotta, I gotta pay the, I gotta pay the wholesale price, and that's still expensive. Vinyl is expensive. Hey, I paid full price for this thing. That's great. <laughs> that's cool. I'm glad they're on Amazon because if anyone, it's, it's just super easy to. I, I'm not here to promote Amazon. I just realized, like, actually, wait, Amazon's evil. I'm just glad how easy it is for people to get if they want it. Yeah. But if you can get them directly, oh, I think if you go to StandUpRecords.com, you can probably you can order them too. directly from Dan. Okay, if you're listening and you're interested in buying my vinyl. Please go to standuprecords.com and buy it directly from the record label. Uh, but uh, I do like how, for most people, it's uh, it's just easily available on Amazon. Can I, nice. I, I want to ask you one uh, question, I think, about the special. You can ask me as many questions okay, as you like. I this have, is a podcast where you're the four. person asking the questions. No, I think I just have one. Your parents were in the crowd. Yeah. You had them put earphones on, headphones, yeah. to block a joke you were telling? Yes. <laughs> Did they know that was coming? No. 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 So what happened there, uh, here's the backstory to that. Uh, my parents came to my half-hour taping, too. Well, okay, so when I was, before I did comedy, I don't know how, I, I, don't, I wonder what year this was. Maybe I was already in college or whatever, but my parents, I loved it, and my parents loved it, uh, was uh, Dimitri Martin's half-hour special. When he first did his half-hour special on They like him. We all like him now still. But, like, when his half-hour special came out, uh, it was really great. And at the end of the special, he brings his mom and his grandmother on stage for a cute little bit. And it's really great. Okay, and yeah. and I, my mom, you know, it was, like, one of the comedy specials me and my mom, like, connected over. So... When I got the half hour, my mom kept saying things like, you're not going to bring me on stage? Like, well, my mom didn't know. My mom kept calling him Demetrius for some reason. She, but I, she would go, you're not going to bring me on stage like Demetrius did with his mother. I'm like, I'm not going to do that, mom. And the half, I was so, you know, it was first special and whatever. And uh, uh, so I, I did the special and they were in the audience for that. 
and I, we did, they did a fun thing. Comedy Central would cut to them in the audience, and you know, they got to be on screen. Oh, it was cool. really fun. But uh, I didn't bring them on stage or anything. Yeah. And I always thought my mom was like a little disappointed. You know, like I always just kind of got the idea that she was a little bummed about it. She was telling her friends it might yeah. happen, and yeah. then it didn't. I think she thought it might happen, yeah. and it didn't. And so when the hour special happened, I closed on the dirtiest thing I've ever told on stage. I mean, it was... I, there's a show in, in L.A. called er- Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction yep. where everyone's just trying to outdo each other for the dirtiest, raunchiest sex stories ever. And so I did one on the show, and it was really dirty and fun, and it got a good response. So I was like, I'm going to bring this on the... It ended up being the closer for the special. And I was like... <laughs> my Honestly, my parents have seen me do dirty stuff, so they, they probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but it was so dirty that I was like... I just thought of a fun... I, I was like, I'll get those, like headphones they have like on the tarmac at the airport yeah. you know and like people uh, put on babies like in a yeah yeah public place yeah. and i was like i'll surprise my parents with it at the taping and um so yeah i did i pulled them out of like i was i did the last bit i said what i was gonna do and i went in the crowd and i made my parents wear them and they were laughing throughout it we did two shows so the second show they knew i was gonna do it but oh, i we used the first okay. one the first one i got their genuine reaction and it kept cutting back to them like wearing the headphones and they looked so dumb it made me laugh so it made me laugh a lot oh, yeah it's great and um uh it was funny too because right after the show uh my my dad was like, you know, we could still hear what you were saying up there. And I didn't really think uh, the bit was that funny or whatever. And I was like, okay, it was like really weird. And then um, when the special came out, my dad, they, they watched it and they were like, that they were like, yeah, we actually didn't hear it. Like we didn't get the thing. They were like, we thought it was something else. They, they didn't get like the setup. They didn't get the, they didn't hear the, what some of the bits were and stuff. And so they were like, oh, it was really funny. But we, yeah, we couldn't hear it. So it was, it was a weird thing. I'm glad. It's weird to me that they didn't think it was, they didn't have to tell me it wasn't funny, but um. Yeah. But uh, they didn't hear it at the moment. But they, you know, they watched it when it came out. <laughs> I don't know if you've sc- you've watched that special all the way until after the skydiving, after the credits. But I we filmed I filmed a button with them after the credits. So it's like a little hidden thing, way way at the end. I don't remember that. If you go way way to the end, uh, I'll spoil it. There's a um, it's because it's a couple years old now. Anyway, I don't care. But uh, uh, after the skydiving, after the credits. It just cuts to my parents still sitting in the audience with their headphones on. And uh, my dad just turns to my mom and goes, is it over yet? My mom shrugs and then it cuts out. And uh, it took like 40 takes. No. <laughs> you, you like, because, you know, I've done a million sketch videos and what and dealt with bad actors a million. And you're like, you know, even the worst actor you can have do one line. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can't. Like to get my dad to say one line and have my mom not laugh was just <laughs> a nightmare. <laughs> I love Literally, it. my dad going, is it over? And my mom shrugs. And every time <laughs> my dad would just be like, is, my dad would just like say the line, my mom would die. I'm like, mom, you just have to not laugh for one second. And it was so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. Oh, that's the best. But I'm glad I, I you know, that's one of those things where like, uh, I don't know, to involve your parents, like my parents and my, my brothers and like audience reactions for some other stuff that I did. Um, you know, they never thought they were going to be on. T- it's just like it's really cool to be able to get, yeah. even just get your family on TV in like a crowd shot or something. Take a screenshot of them on TV with a little Comedy Central logo in the the yeah. corner. You're like, "Damn, mom, you're on Comedy Central." It's Hell really yeah. fun. Call Shutterfly. Get that on a mug. Things mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. No, I so I you know I'm glad I got to uh, stick them on there. That's fun. We uh, we should put a bow on this thing. I want you to. Um, I don't know him. I've never met him, but I want you to talk briefly about your friend that's they're still raising money for on GoFundMe. Oh, sure. Would you like to do that? 
Yeah, uh, sure. I don't know what I should say about that. Um, it's so. I looked at it today, and it looks like they're still trying to raise money. A- any no? any money is great. I just it's so funny so my friend Jason signs he's literally one of my best friends he's when bad things happen to like really good people you're like come on this is insane yeah. between him and Kevin Barnett the other week it's just like these are these are like two of the best dudes and it's it's crazy when uh when stuff like that happens um but Jason Jason's uh one of my best friends and um yeah he he had a accident where he fell through a skylight on the roof of a building and he had a horrible spine accident uh spine injury and um originally you know i visited him in the hospital like the day after his surgery and he's like up and awake and he's got a good sense of humor and he's like you know going to get through it and and then um it just turned into like and we were trying to raise three hundred thousand dollars because we're like okay this is like major spine surgery this is going to be like a year of recovery and and physical therapy and whatever like i don't know let's just throw out three hundred thousand dollars and because it's going to be exorbitant it's gonna be crazy sure since then the surgery incision got infected and i mean it's been like infection after infection after more surgery after more surgery it's just been like he's he's still in the hospital it's been uh months and so i have no idea what the cost is going to be like i i mean uh i i mean millions i have, I have no idea what the cost is gonna be and you know uh, I have no idea if the building had insurance. He had his insurance was supposed to kick in January. This happened in December. His, his insurance was supposed to kick in January first okay. uh, with his new job. And so, like, who buy? No one buys insurance when their insurance is about to kick in. And so it's like the worst time in the world for it to happen. Oh, so he didn't have insurance. A little dead spot. Yeah, right? yeah. He didn't have insurance yet, so he had no insurance. Oh, yeah. And so, um, but we don't. You know, they're trying to figure out if the building has insurance. Even if every medical bill is paid for, though, he's got an insane amount of physical therapy ahead of him and he has no idea if he's gonna he won't be able to work in living situation so we're just trying to raise as much money as possible so jason signs like spine injury if you just google that you'll find it on gofundme and um yeah i mean you know every five or ten dollar thing helps it's all going to go towards literally his mom has been staying here for months um it's just like the costs are just insane so yeah we're just gonna keep raising money for that until uh yeah it seems that you've been posting a few things and yeah. uh then i checked the, the I do site know, I, and it said like people have just have been contributing as recently yeah. as this morning oh man so. and we had i mean you know we're all comedians so we all we all reached out to every contact we had and we had you know people like sarah silverman and pat oswald and jim gaffigan and michael ian black and all these you know people are amazing and uh yeah. you know retweeting and, and and donating and that's been really great um, and, uh, I actually, the, the latest update is, uh, literally his aunt texted me yesterday saying that, so he just had his final surgery to close up. Oh, they, he literally had another surgery and they were waiting for a bone biopsy. I mean, it's just craziness to talk, to see if things were, everything's not infected. Surgery went great. They closed it up. I, we were hoping that's his last surgery. He's in like a recovery unit for like the next few weeks and then hopefully can go back to a uh, physical therapy and start seeing 
what I mean as of right now he's paralyzed from the waist down so it's and it's been months of that so hopefully uh hopefully we've all heard these miraculous stories of people who are paralyzed for six months and you know eventually the uh sure the the, the thing with him is that the spine wasn't severed it was stretched oh. and so there's like this chance that nerves will reconnect and stuff but so far that hasn't happened I don't know but if I've ever heard that before Stretch. he crushed some vertebrae but his spine was just like super stretched out but never it, the spine never fully like snapped so i don't know there's there's not a there you know there's uh who knows what the chances are but uh he's he's a determined positive person and he was healthy and strong yeah. and uh he's got a, a an insane amount of supportive people around him so if anyone can do it it's him so well um, i uh just need to get him in the best therapy we can this and is, yeah, that's what, it three years from now or one, hopefully one year from now when you come back not three years and i listen back to this episode in the continuation, you know? Yeah. And then when we get an update, dude, let's if I get see a great that dude, update a year from now. If I see that dude, like, on, if I, whenever point where I see him, like, get back on stage, whether it's standing or in a wheelchair or whatever, I'm going to, I mean, nothing gets me, but I'm going to lose it. Yeah. I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing him get back up on stage. Because we had a duo. We had a little uh, musical comedy duo we would do together and stuff. And he's just the most fun, funny person in the world to work with. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I miss it a lot. That's been the, that's been a, a tough thing. Well, let's get a good up- update next time. Yeah, I hope let's, so. Let's shoot for that. No, uh, thanks for uh, letting me uh, plug that and talk about it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Uh, continued success, sir. I uh, Please come back with, you know, don't wait three years to get back here. I didn't wait three years. <laughs> Where's Lewis? Lewis didn't have... No, it's... it's uh, <laughs> No, I don't know. Uh, it's been, um, yeah, it, I was here every year for a few years in a row, and then it's been a, it's been a little hiatus. But I am so grateful to be back. Uh, I, I I don't even have to pretend like I'm just blowing smoke up your ass by saying it's one of the best clubs. I literally I did an I did an album here. I did a I my half hour and hour submissions I taped here because this is it's it's the best club in the country. It's great. It's it's uh, really truly lucky to to be here. So very cool. Love it here. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Bye.